What's up, guys? Thank you for listening to the Three Count Wrestling Podcast. This is your host, Cody Wilson, and this week we're going to be talking about how the WWE reportedly made a decision on SummerSlam. Uh, the reason that Seth or Heath Slater came back and how he possibly still could be released after the end of this, and the WWE reveals how to win the Eye for an Eye match. That, plus the confirmed roster so far of WWE Battlegrounds that's coming out later this year, and we are going to rebook the Stalker gimmick from The Undertaker versus DDP instead of DDP, another WCW wrestler, but it will be a worse one. All that and more coming right up here on the podcast. Thank you for listening to the Three Count Wrestling Podcast, a podcast made by fans for fans. Join me, the Professor Cody Wilson, and stunning Steve Krasniak for news, general topic discussions, predictions, and reviews here on the Light Blue Podcast Network. And now, here's me. Thanks me for that great introduction. Now, how you doing, Steve? Yeah, I can't find much to friggin' hot as hell out, but other than that, I'm good. Right. Uh, how was your fourth? It went well. I was on a boat. Um, we seen some fireworks off the lake. That, that, that's about it. What uh, lake did you guys go off of? Uh, Rushford. Oh, you guys were out on Rushford Lake? Yeah. No shit! Yeah, I think it was yeah Friday we were out. Oh, you guys were out Friday? We were out Saturday. Yeah, it's Saturday. Who, who do you guys know huh? out in Rushford? Um, it's actually Sean. It's a, my roommate's cousin, who they have a boat that's docked there. Oh no, shit! That's pretty neat. Yeah. Okay, well, well, that's new info for me to know. <laughs> uh, right. Like I, yeah, like I uh, heard talked about in the top of the program. Um, the WWE Battlegrounds game that just is coming out later this year in October, um, there is a somewhat of a roster, um, detailed right now, and we're going to go through the list right now. So, they are advertising 70 plus superstars for this game. Holy cow. That's a lot. Right, for an arcade game. So, that's going to be interesting. Um... The match types so far right now are a normal match type, a Royal Rumble, Fatal 4-Way, a Battleground Challenge match, and a Steel Cage match. I have a feeling the Battleground Challenge match is going to be like a gauntlet. That's what I'm thinking too, but that'd be interesting. But I don't um, care the first thing. The first thing I'd want to do is a Royal Rumble match with all those characters. Look at how insanely stupid that's going to look. Right. Um... So far confirmed is John Cena, Daniel Bryan, Roman Reigns, Steve Austin, Becky Lynch, Sasha Banks, Nikki Bella, Oscar, Undertaker, Braun Strowman, Sergeant Slaughter, HBK. Andre the Giant, Kofi Kingston. Oh, the that's, f- that's hilarious. Right. The Fiend. Ronda Rousey. Huh. 
The Rock. Oh, yeah, I kind of figured. Charlotte. Yeah. And Yokozuna. Huh? Yeah, this is... Uh, I don't think what Yoko was... has made an appearance in any of the 2K games yet. I could be wrong, though. Maybe the last time I remember it might have been the old SmackDown v. Raw games. Right. No, he wasn't even in SmackDown vs. Raw, either. Uh, no, he might have been. 2006? I, I know he was in a Legends pack at some point. Yeah, I don't remember, but... It, he, he was in a video game, I just don't remember which one it was. Um, and the pre-owner bonus is Edge. Huh. That's a good pre-order bonus right there. Right. It would it almost makes me want to buy it. Oh. Xbox One, PS4, Steam, um, the new one that Google came out with, I don't remember what, SATA. Oh, yes, Estadia or some nonsense. And Nintendo Switch. Huh. That's going to be entertaining. The game might be better than I give it great. Yeah, gave it credit for in the beginning. Well, think of okay, think of WWE All Stars, just a lower version of it, pretty much. I wasn't into that game either. I loved All Stars. I thought that I thought that game made it. A, I thought that game made it a lot better, honestly. But maybe because the only way I was able to play it was on a PS Vita. Ooh. Yeah. That's not good. Yeah. No. I asked my dad, hey, can you get me a wrestling game? Because one of the old uh, two SmackDown v. Raw games was there. He comes back with Superstar Summoning. So I'm thankful. I played it. I was like, this is, this is bad. Right. Um, I just want to see how much it is going to be. I don't think it's going to be a... A lot. It shouldn't be anyway. It does not say. I'm guessing it won't till August. Ah, uh, forty bucks. So that ain't bad. Does it come with any like passes or anything? Um, if you pre-order it, it comes with the. Um. Okay, so the deluxe edition. Is okay. So there's a standard edition which is forty bucks, and if you pre-order it, you get the WWE Battlegrounds Reeks of Awesomeness and unlocks the WWE Hall of Famer Edge. If you get the deluxe edition, you get the deluxe bonus pack, which uh, Rock, um, Stone Cold Steve Austin Attitude Era. And Ronda Rousey already unlocked. Oh, I'm uh, sure people that's probably about sixty bucks. Right, and the digital deluxe edition includes three versions of each superstar. Huh. Um, comes with a totally awesome pack, and comes with eleven hundred golden bucks used to unlock additional superstars and vanity items. So we are right back to actually it's fifty dollars for the digital edition. That ain't bad. No, they only went up ten bucks, which is fine. I mean, two K understood how they fucked up last time. 
Yeah, I, I had I I've only had a couple instances, but since the last instance I told our listeners, I was in my universe mode, and it was it showed on the screen Gallows and Anderson versus um Brizongo. But when I went to click on the match to play it, it was Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson versus friggin' um, the Viking Raiders. <laughs> right. Could you imagine the confused look on my face? Right, exactly. So I just went over the count. There's only 20 superstars confirmed for this game. We're still looking at over 50 superstars yet to be confirmed. I'm guessing you know the usual like Alexa Bliss, um, Nikki, like, Nikki Cross. Yeah, like think Nikki think Cross. of wrestlers who would look good in an arcade style game. Fiend, obviously. Yoko, obviously. Andre, Asuka. Big Show, Oscar. Uh, but yeah, that's why I figured like Alexa Bliss gets the whole five foot five feet of beer gimmick. Whatever. Yeah. Um. I could see them putting Nia Jackson. Oh God! I could, I could see that. Right. Um, please put the great Kali in. Oh God, no! Okay, let's put it this way. Let's 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 think. Of, well, he might be under WWE contract as a Legends deal. Yeah. Son of a bitch. Boogeyman. Oh fuck! He is under a Legends contract. Yeah. Oh God! And then possible any NXT guys too. Well, let's hope the guts of NXT superstars get in the mix here. Okay, so please put Keith Lee in. <laughs> so with that, we're gonna start with the news. I just wanted to put up the video game thing because I like to talk about everything wrestling here on this podcast. Um. So. First headline, we're going to go with WWE reportedly makes a decision on SummerSlam. So, within the last few weeks, they've been trying to figure out a new place to hold everything. But with the COVID-19 outbreak wave 2, the revenge, um, it's pretty much fucked everything. So, WWE, as much as they don't want to, they're going to hold SummerSlam in the Performance Center. Whether or not it's going to be live or pre-taped yet is still to be determined, but they will hold it in the Performance Center as well as TakeOver the night before will be in Orlando. See, I heard something different. I heard they want to do it on a beach. Well, Florida hasn't closed their beaches yet, and they still might be able to do that. That's because i seen the article about them deciding about SummerSlam, and I, I, they might have changed it since I seen it a few days ago. But last I seen, they were thinking about a beach. Yeah, I mean, but if they do it on a beach, you're going to have a shitload of lighting because it's going to be at night. Yeah. I mean, they've done outdoor shows before. Yeah, and they've sucked. That's true. I mean, it's, just, I mean, it's probably just going to be at the performance center. You already have your stuff there anyway. You don't get to move anything. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, SummerSlam, NXT, SmackDown, all of them still going to be at the Performance Center for a while. Um, good to see they have fans again, but it's going to be hellhole, that's for sure. Yeah, I can't wait till the COVID, whatever wave, where like once it's 
who was settled and didn't go into arenas again. I want that arena to explode. Whoever comes out, I don't care if you like him or hate him. I don't care if it's fucking Santino Morella. You fucking cheer that motherfucker like he's Austin. I don't care if they're gonna do a sub wrestling match. I want you to be into it like you would Tommaso Ciampa versus Johnny Gargano. Part one, two, three, four, five, six plus infinity. <laughs> Pretty much. Okay, so yeah, so it's gonna be it's gonna be still here. Um, they've updated their schedule through late August, and it looks like that takeover is still on the books for Orlando, as was the pay per view. So so far, they're still staying in Florida. Unfortunately, oh well, shit happens. Um, yeah, next part of the show is going to be how Heath Slater still might be released after his one-off with WWE. So, he was released back on April 15th during that Black Wednesday company-wide cut. Yep. Um, technically, the those released talents were all still under contract with WWE until their 90-day non-compete clauses expire on July 15th. So they had a full, they had like one week left before they could trigger these release, or before the releases trigger. And then they're no longer under contact, un, under contract with the company. Yeah, I, and I had a YouTube that I watched, you know, his, how he came out with his quick interaction with McIntyre. If, you, if our listeners haven't seen that yet, sorry to spoil it, Mom. But. I, the way it ended, I can tell that it was, there was genuine emotion there. That that was yeah. the last time we were going to see Slater for a while. Because after, the, it was a quick Claymore 1, 2, 3. Drew didn't want to even do it. Because, you know, he was his buddy. Can we say how jacked up he Slater got, by the way, too? He um, got jacked up in three months. Right. Naturally. But, yeah, it's after the emotion, they did the 3MB thing. And you can see the tears in his eyes, so we're not going to see him again for a while. Yeah. If, I were him. if we do, that's that. You know, that's another one that were there. There apparently there are other names that were back at the performance center, and one was, was is is scheduled to return to WWE programming after missing the last few tapings, but that name was not revealed. So on top of Slater, there are a handful of people coming back to the company after the releases, which was complete and utter BS in my opinion, but that's neither here nor there. Right. And so he came back for one night, and that that's my opinion. I think, me too, because I think that's who he wanted to go out to, because you could tell there was a bit real moment there when he was, one of the lines, he was like, you know my kids, not the 21, 22 that these people think I have. My actual two kids, and he even said their name and everything. Yeah. So, yeah, I really think he wanted to go out to Drew because they're good friends. Oh, yeah. And that's, how, and that's I think, how he wanted to go out. And what, he, what makes me upset even more is that he even, like, killed the kayfabe on his kids. I'm just like, yeah. oh, well, you don't have 21 kids. You only have two. That sucks. And they're two beautiful girls. That sucks even more for me now because this is real, and I don't want you to lose your job. But, oh, well. well I'm, I'm sure he'll 
he's going to get some kind of role in WWE, or he'll be great at AEW or go to Impact or something. I think he's going to Impact because two weeks ago, Rhino teased he has a tag team partner for Slammiversary, and he looked right at the camera, dead face, and said, he's got kids with a thumbs up, and it's just like, well, Heath Slater confirmed for Impact. Awesome. So... <laughs> right, I, I kind of want to see that. Because oh, right, I miss when him and Slater were tag team champions, and Rhino with that big plate of crackers and cheese bits. That was great. Oh, uh, he's so horrible, but so great. And last but not least, the WWE reveals how to win the eye for an eye match at Extreme Rules. Before, if you guys don't know what it is yet, I want to know how the hell are they going to pull this off? No pun intended. What, what's the stipulation, Cody? So, Rey Mysterio and Seth Rollins fought on Raw this week. Kevin Owens and Rey Mysterio versus Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy. Or Murphy, as they just want to call him for right now, for some stupid-ass reason. Whoever won the match got to pick the stipulation at Extreme Rules. whole bunch of that's been going on lately, that we're getting a bunch of stips for these matches going on at yeah, Horror Show at Extreme Rules. So, the match was won by Ray and Kevin Owens. Ray Mysterio picked the match to be an eye-for-an-eye match. Now, this Not to be outdone too- by AEW's eye for an eye match earlier in the year. Right, but trust me, it, it, this is going to be really bad. So, one of two ways can this, this can happen. Ray loses the match and is off TV for a while to get his deal up, like, to have his deal recontracted and everything. A few months ago, his his deal lapsed. His He's not technically under contract with the WWE, but he's still working with the WWE. Yeah, that's what I heard about that, too. Seth Rollins loses, gets time off to go be with Becky, and, you know, get ready to ha- have a child. Right. right. She's only, and like, the- two, three months along in her pregnancy. Right, and the, uh, the way I could see Ray losing is Seth is about to go tear out Ray Mysterio's eye, and Dominic throws in the towel, stops the match, because he doesn't want his dad to get his irons out. Yeah, well, apparently that's not going to be part of the stipulation, because WWE posted the preview for the match saying the only way to win, the only way to win... Is by extracting the opponent's eye. Yeah, so how the heck are they going to pull this off and kayfabe it for the rest of their life, thinking that they have a glass eye? Well, they kayfabe Dominic with Eddie's son. They kayfabe that Dominic was going up for adoption in a fucking ladder match. But that, it's going to sound bad. It's a lot more easier to pull it out somebody's eyeball. Not cinematically. No, it's well cinematically no, but I wonder is, are they gonna have like a fake eyeball, like is some referee gonna have a fake eyeball, hand it off to them as they're pulling it out? Is somebody's eye actually coming out and down that 
but they're going to have to play it off or they're going to say, oh, I got surgery and I can see again. This is going to be gross, but I want to see it. Right, and I'm looking up the card currently right now because I want to see what's all going on here. So, we have one, two, three, four, five, six matches. And it will be on next Sunday. Not this coming Sunday, but the following. So next week is going to be our picks. Right. They'll probably get more matches added Friday and Monday. I'm thinking so, at least two more. Right. Uh, so the WWE Championship is Drew McIntyre versus Ziggler, which the stipulation is yet to be determined. Um, both the Raw and SmackDown Women's Championships are on the line: Oscar versus Sasha, Bailey versus Nikki. I kind of hope Nikki wins. Me too. Uh, United States Championship, Apollo Crews versus MVP. I can't, I, uh, I like the old title. I love the new title. I like the new design. I think if the champion wasn't so huge, if they'd shrunk down how big it's a champion, I think I would have liked it a lot more. I mean, it'll grow on me, but... Like, I like, like it. Any, it looks like a good belt. Like any new belt, it, it's going to be weird until you get used to it. Right, which is fine. But you gotta think, that I seen a thing, sorry to sidetrack everybody, that was the last Ruthless Aggression Era belt to be replaced. Yeah, 18 years that was on file, pretty much. Yep, that was the last Ruthless Aggression title to be replaced. Which is, wow. But to have 18 years for a shelf life is that design for a championship. That's the longest tenured championship, like, belt design in the company's history. That beats out every world championship. Oh, yeah. They worked with so many designs of that over the years. Where it used to be just a bed strap of leather and some metal that looked like you could fold with your bare hands. Right. But, yeah, that United States title. I remember after John Cena's spinner title, that's Which I need so badly. I want the edge rated on WWE title one. But anyway, we I want that one that, too. We had the former United States Championship after whoever beat Cena after that up until last week. Yeah. You're right. Wow. Yeah. Just a little side note that just jotted in my memory. Yeah, so Orlando Jordan, by the way, is who beat John Cena for that title. That's right. Yeah, that didn't last very long, if I remember right. Yeah, it did. That lasted from the week or two after No Way Out of 2005 till SummerSlam. Oh, wow. So you're looking from, like, February, March till August. Yeah, okay. That was Orlando Jordan's run from title... But what are the um, other matches? I know there's um, the Fiend versus Braun Strowman. Yep, the non-title Swamp Fight, which will be a cinematic fight, obviously. Yeah. And I think the Eye for an Eye match will be a cinematic fight as well. It it would almost have to be. It would have to be, because there's no way they're going to be able to do that live. 
No, they're going to have to figure out. They're probably going to have to retake the finish a few times to get it to look like he's pulling whoever pulls whose eye out where we can't see them palming the eyeball and do something with the camera so kind of like black out where the eyeball that got took it out. Yeah, they'll have That's to do some hokey mirror smoke bullshit. Pretty much. So yeah, because they seem to be doing two about one to two cinematic matches now. And it's probably going to be split over. I don't know. It's probably some of them. I'm okay with the cinematic matches. They, they've been probably the best parts of the shows so far. When they first started doing them, it's like, I don't think these are going to be any good. But then they actually, a little bit through the um, Undertaker Styles match, I was like, you know what? This type of match style is bad. Yeah. Well, Matt Hardy did it in Impact, and it was it was taking off like nothing, like no tomorrow, and I loved it. I, uh, I didn't, unfortunately, I never had the opportunity to watch much Impact, so I really never got to see any of that. I just I didn't know that they were doing it. I watched Impact from 2006 to 2015, or, or the beginning of 15, January of 15, when Styles left the company. That's when I stopped watching TNA. I, I seen them once live at the... Uh, Fairground that Styles versus Joe. Joe oh, that had to be pay- a good match. Joe went with the Pele kick. That's when they had TNA um, before the Legends belt or whatever. And then afterwards, you got to go in there for 20 bucks take a picture of AJ. Nice. Um, but yeah, that was, that was a great match. Um, but yeah, I only got to watch like the pay-per-views at a front house every now and then. That was really about it. I never really watched the pay-per-views, which was fine because I wasn't paying 40, 50 bucks for fucking pay-per-views like that. Right, and it was one of those, I wasn't going to seek out, like, hey, you're ordering that TNA pay-per-view? It was more like, hey, do you want to come over and watch a TNA pay-per-view? Yeah, sure, why not? Yeah, fuck it. Forget the free pay-per-view, free food, drink, I'm there. Yeah, right. <laughs> so. Okay. So, news is out of the way, so now we're going to go into the rebooking portion of the show. But before we do that, we're going to have an ad break from our sponsor, Anchor. Today's podcast is sponsored by Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. First of all, it's free. Who doesn't want to who doesn't want to do stuff for free? The creation tools uh, that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. How simple is that? Can't do anything better than that. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That means you can have zero listeners and still be able to try to make money. That is so cool. It is everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. And now, back to the podcast. .fm And welcome back to the show, to us rebooking horrible, horrible storylines and making them worse. 
Um, because why not? Everything can be fun, right? Oh, yeah. This week we chose to redo the stalker angle from 2001 when it was... Or no, 2001? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, 2001, because that was 2001 April to 2001 November was the invasion storyline. And in that storyline, we had a stalker gimmick between the Undertaker's wife and a stalker who was later named DDP. For reasons unknown, because he already had a hot wife. And Undertaker's wife, Sarah, at the time looked like a horse drugged through the mud, beaten by the mob, and shot three times in the stomach. That's well, sugarcoating that, it. Yeah, that kind of is. But that's also made the horses. Yeah, it depends on who you talk to. I mean, Sarah Jessica Parker has a long horse face. and Thank you. That's... But anyway, yeah. Oh, trust me, people. Worst part is, is if, you, if you pet her head while she's eating out of your hand, she goes. Um, Hi, everybody. I'm Mr. Ed. <laughs> so, the person we've decided to switch the angle for is the stalker gimmick. The stalker gimmick will not be given to DDP. He will actually come in as a legitimate WWE or WCW heavyweight champion, and not some fucking idiot. So, who do you give a fucking idiot role to? A fucking idiot from WCW, who, in my opinion, was Buff Bagwell. Oh, yeah, totally. Now, Buff Bagwell has a history with his mom. Buff Bagwell has a history of being stupid. Buff Bagwell's career has been glorified as nothing more than a male prostitute who got given the gift of God from body type-wise. Right, but the thing about his mom is what everybody remembers. Mm-hmm. It was actually one of the reasons why he got fired from w- or WWF. It was funnier than hell. Oh, who doesn't love a Judy Bagwan pole match? Oh, no, it wasn't that. It was the fact that he didn't call in sick. His mother called in sick for him to miss the live events. Wait. Wait, what? Oh, if you haven't heard about this, this was like in the back back of the scenes type thing I can't remember who said I think it was JR during like some sort of interview I think they were talking about the invasion on like WWE Confidential or something and he said that Judy Bagwell called on behalf of his son to tell JR who was at the time the head of talent relations my son is too sick to come work so what? yeah. What is this elementary school? And JR, to his credit, told Judy Bagwell, ma'am, I'ma let this one slide. Tell Buff I'll see him on Monday. And if you ever call me again, other than to say Merry Christmas, happy birthday, or to generally talk that's not about your son, he will be let go. Right. Three weeks later, Buff Bagwell is nowhere to be seen in WWF programming. Uh, I wonder why. So, yeah. Think yeah, about I that. Yeah, I didn't know that one. Oh, yeah. 
It's good shit. That's a good shit. Um, so to give a little background story for those who don't know the Stalker gimmick, uh, the Stalker gimmick came about around after Judgment Day 2001, after the two-man power trip beat uh, both Kane and Undertaker in separate match. Or no, Triple H lost his Intercontinental title match to Kane, but Stone Cold Steve Austin won his world title match against Taker. Um, so this started happening around then, and around King of the Ring time, it was revealed to be DDP, to be the stalker. Taker makes short work of DDP and King of the Ring, and then not even a fucking match, just a segment for them to kick his ass. As and, yeah, and during that time, they become WCW champion, tag team champions, him and Kane as the Brothers of Destruction. SummerSlam 2001, uh, they become dual tag team champions with the WWF and the WCW. They are the first, in noted history, they are the first unified WWF, WCW tag team champions. Night after SummerSlam, Sarah pins DDP in a minute 23. Right, and that's saying something considering DDP came over as the WCW world champion. A former world champ, a former three-time world champion. Yeah, what does that say to your ego? No wonder why he's doing yoga. Yeah, I would too. After that, and then pretty much the rest of DDP's career in WWE is history after two thousand three. Yeah. Now, what we're going to do is is that we're going to keep where it starts, but we're going to finish it. A hell of a lot sooner. Oh, yeah. Just to get Buff in the realm of things so that he can become, quote-unquote, become a superstar in the eyes of the fans. Right, because there's no reason the Stalker gimmick should have lasted as long as it did. It, yeah, it lasted till uh, SummerSlam. Right. So it went from May to August, give or take. Yeah, that should have been like a month, month and a half tops. This should have been a one-month storyline tops. Easily. And that's what we're going to stick to is a one-month storyline. So this happens the month of the, the Monday after Judgment Day 2001. And then the next pay-per-view would be King of the Ring? Oh, shit, uh-huh. I gotta look up. I gotta look up 2001 pay-per-view schedule. Yeah, I... They've had this much of so many different names for pay-per-views. It's ridiculous. Yes, I was right. Uh, it will be King of the Ring will be the next one. So it was the Monday after Judgment Day. And then... We will finish it the Monday after King of the Ring. Right. So, here we go. The Monday after Judgment Day, Taker gets a videotape. And this videotape has a whole bunch of different scenes of his wife, Sarah. Again, looks like a horse face woman. I don't know why Taker had any type of chemistry with this woman, because Michelle McCool looks ten times hotter than this woman. Although, if you look at her and Michelle McCool, you say he has a type. But, 
I'll say not the point. Alcohol probably helped. Yeah, he was a huge Jack fan. I know I like Taker for a reason. Yeah, he's a huge Jack Daniels fan. Um, I wonder why. Right? So, the Monday after, he gets his tape, seeing all these scenes of his wife, Sarah, and he, the stalker goes, You make people famous, Taker. I'm gonna make your wife famous. And then Taker goes to Vince McMahon and goes, What the hell is this? Who said anything about having my wife on WWE programming? Getting real again, you know? We gotta get this real edgy thing in, because he could care less about this invasion angle. Oh, right, yeah. Once his wife got introduced, that's a whole new ballgame. Right. And, t- and McMahon's like, look, I'll have I'll have my people, you know, get into it. You know, we'll figure out who's who's doing it. I I I, I can't say it was me. It's it's definitely not me. I got too much to worry about with Shane and Stephanie. Or no, with right. Shane at this point, my bad. He has no idea about Stephanie yet. Right. So SmackDown comes along, and this is still when they're doing Raw and SmackDown, you know, storyline continuancy. So we're gonna have about eight, ten shows to continue this storyline. Yeah. Second show on SmackDown, he goes and says he goes to Vince and he goes, Okay, it's been a few days. Have you have you gotten anywhere with this? And Vince goes, Yeah. We know who the stalker is. But he made a deal with me to say he'll reveal himself in due time to you. Obviously, at this point, Taker's pissed off. Google's Vince McMahon by the throat. Oh, yeah. Probably pins him up against the wall. Yep, pins him right up against the wall and just goes, Listen here, you son of a bitch. I want him on Monday, on Raw... In the middle of the ring. And Vince goes, look, Taker, my hands are tied. He said he, he's got blackmail on me too. He, he said he'll sue the company. I he, need, he wants to reveal himself to you when he wants to. Right. So, next week on Raw. Um, actually, no, we'll, go, we'll do this. Taker has a match on SmackDown. And then, during the match, you hear the... Like the static electricity or the static like on the TV screen, and it pops up on the screen. The stalker again with Sarah's as as his wife. This time he's getting a little bit closer, like inside the house, like not letting Sarah know he's there. Oh, like All this, watch, that, and the everything. Watch the heat, laundry. Yeah, like getting really creepy about it. Right. So now. Taker's like, what the hell's going on? And he, who do you want him to lose to? Uh, Crash Holly. Fuck it. He's in a match with Crash Holly. I don't know why. Don't care why. Like an enhancement match. Gets rolled up by Crash Holly. Distracted. One, two, three. Because allegedly gotta, Crash, Ho- Crash Holly weighed over, allegedly over 400 pounds with a 7 foot 2. <laughs> Remember him doing that? Yeah, I do. That was so stupid. <laughs> okay, so Crash Holly wins over The Undertaker. People will be pissed off about that, so let them be pissed off about that. And now right. Taker's even more frustrated, goes to the back, goes events. Look, I just lost a goddamn Crash Holly. 
let me have this guy on Monday night. And Vince goes, look, I can't do it. So instead of killing Vince, he destroys Vince's office and crashes like unexpectedly, unexpectedly pretty much killed because he's like still celebrating and he has a champagne in, in his hand and everything. And he's like, he's, he's takers behind him. Crash has no idea. And then <laughs> Crash is like champagne spraying everywhere and turns around and <gasps> chokeslam through Vince's desk. I like <laughs> that's what that's the good shit. Yeah. So Monday happens. So now we're on the second Monday night of Raw. Um, Taker gets another tape. This time, it's like he's fucking with Taker almost, and he's like he's like feeling Sarah's like delicates and. All this, and by the way, all this shit did happen with the original Stalker storyline, which really creeped me the fuck out. And does not age well in 2020? No, not at all. So, he then goes to the mirror, and there's a message written out in Sarah's lipstick, says, turn behind you. And Taker turns behind him to a hooded figure Pops him in the head with a lead pipe. So now Taker's gone. Or like Taker's knocked out. And the stalker leaves the arena. And now you go on to the in-ring, which is Again, Crash Holly versus The Undertaker, because Undertaker wanted revenge against Crash Holly from last Thursday. Right. So, they go, and The Undertaker! And his opponent, The Undertaker! And his opponent, and you know, it goes on and it goes on and it goes on for like three or four times, and then they just go, okay, count him out. If he doesn't show by 10, Crash wins. Yeah. Counts him out. Crash wins again. He's now beaten Taker by pinfall and count out. No Crash. So now we're building up Crash for no reason because I want to and it's my <laughs> show. Fuck off. <laughs> and Taker is getting his ass handed to him. By a 500 pound 8 foot tall man. Yeah. Next week on SmackDown. Taker's like, I'm waiting by the door this time. I'm going to question every single motherfucker. Paraphrasing, because they're not going to let that go on TV. Right. I'm going to let every, I'm going to question every single wrestler that comes through, or every, any employee that comes through this locker room, and I'm going to, you know, see who's telling the truth and who's lying. And Taker sees a couple new figures that are, who are walking through the locker room with Shane McMahon, Booker T, and Diamond Dallas Page. He goes, hey, what are you two's doing here? And Booker T goes, where was Shane? He's the owner of WCW. Where he goes, we go. 
Oh, is that right? So Taker starts beating on DDP and Booker T, showing his badassness. And then poor little Crash Holly comes out of nowhere and hits Taker with a chair. Stage. He sh- he he should have stayed in bed this day. <laughs> um, Taker looks at Crash, goozles Crash by the neck, and then sees a glass window into a new room. Guess what? You're gonna go here. Wee! Yeah. Guess what? You're now going to be a plant in the next room. Wee! <laughs> Yeet. <laughs> And Booker and Diamond just go, and they're scared, and Shane's now like, okay, take her, take her, we didn't do anything, we're just here where we were, we're gonna, we were gonna mess with Vince, you know, we're not here to mess with you. And Taker just looks at Shane and goes, you better hope that's true, boy. Right. So now, Smackdown... Taker is a, a new match, not against Crash Holly, because Crash Holly went to the hospital, as, as he should. After um, becoming a human lawn dart. Yeah, after becoming the fastest human lawn dart in no man history. Right, so yeah, he, he's going to be a bit loopy. And they go, and his opponent is, lights go dark. Video pops up on the screen. Uh, all the previous uh, shots of Sarah and a new one with her I'm going to make this as worse as, as bad as possible so bear with me okay. with her tied up on a chair gagged and bound this is 2001 so we're allowed to do this surprisingly I mean fuck in 2005 they had a forced rape Girlfriend storyline with Kane and Lita. Oh yeah, where it was Snitsky's fault in the end. Yeah, kick and they the let baby. that slide. Don't kick the baby. <laughs> Don't kick the baby. Third and long, kick the baby. <laughs> and it's wide left. And it went wide left, but the guy fair catched it. But, <laughs> but so. Uh, yeah, so we're going to let this happen. And he ungags her and she goes, Don't look around, Mark. And the lights come back on, and guess who's standing behind him? Buff fucking Bagwell. And Mark turns around, lead pipe again into the face. Now, would you like to contribute anything to this, Steve? We're on bra number three. Um, you know, night uh, bra number three. Taker comes out. Obviously, he's friggin' human. Um, once again, like there's no video that plays this time, but the lights for some reason still go out again. They come back on. You see Buff Bagwell on the top rope. Trying to go for a signature move to Blockbuster. Taker catches him to something. Okay. So Taker got revenge on Buff. For now. For now. And. How about we have Taker have a match this time on Raw 
against Crash, and he finally gets his comeuppance, Crash does. But the, <laughs> right? But, let's say the ref get knocked out somewhere around here, and then Buff comes back and gets his heat back. He actually hits actually, the blockbuster this time. Yep, there you go. Hits the blockbuster this time. And then puts Crash over top Taker. Yeah, we can. Wakes up the referee. At this point, Crash needs to move to a different country. <laughs> Change his name. <coughs> get yeah. a face swap surgery. <laughs> and learn a new language. Yeah. So now he has three wins over the Taker. Two pinfall, one countout. In a matter of about two weeks. Yeah. So now... We're on SmackDown. Now Buff comes out on SmackDown and says, Taker, you've said that you make people famous. Make me famous, Undertaker. I worked at WCW for years. I was part of the biggest stable this company has ever seen. But I'm still not famous like you. Make me famous, Taker. Taker pops up on the video wall. And Taker looks at Buff and says, Hey, Buff. You want to be famous? Well, how about you become more famous than your mother, who's won more championships than you? And Buff just, like, starts screaming like a little girl. Don't you make fun of my mother! Don't you do that! That's my mother! You don't talk about her! So now you've taken a strong, strapping man who was a stalker into a mama's boy. Right, and Taker can even bring up what is your mama going to call it sick for you again? <laughs> there you go. Yeah. yeah, what? You're such a mama's boy. You're, you're, you're so weak, it's not even funny. Yeah. So now you got Buff crying and pouting that he's getting called a mama's boy and everything. And he's supposed to be this badass stalker dude. So now you've pretty much killed the gimmick. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. Not only have you killed the gimmick, you've destroyed the gimmick, and now you have now made Buff Bagwell look like a piece of shit. <laughs> I mean, that wasn't too far off, but whatever. <laughs> so now we're on round number four. Yep. Uh, round number four goes like this. Hey, Buff, and Taker's in the ring. I talked to your mom last night. She was, uh, bagged well, you know. She was on a different pole this time. Yeah. She was on a different pole match, if you know what I mean. Hey, uh, and then he hears so the now, bell go, ding! Yeah, and you just, you just, you, now you hear Buff's music play, and he just, he's storming down to the ring, and he's like, Stop talking about my mom! Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! 
Why? You're afraid I'm going to become your new daddy? Trust me. At King of the Ring, I'll make you my bitch. And buff now, it just looks like defeated and everything. And And then on SmackDown, I think SmackDown before King of the Ring is when you have Sarah come out with The Undertaker. Okay. You know, to get that going for what's eventually going to happen the Monday after. Right. Okay. So we'll have that. So Sarah comes out with Taker on SmackDown. And Taker just looks at Sarah and goes, Sarah, look at her. Do you honestly think I would ever touch that woman? Right. Now, in everybody else's mind, we would all go, I mean, you fuck Sarah. So, hey, yeah. not yeah. far from the tree on that one, buddy. Yeah, no, 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 no. I mean, if you put two bottles of Jack in you, I think you, I think you'd think Mrs. Bagwell is Pam Anderson. Yeah, might be two and a half for that one. So now Buff is pissed. Now he's like, okay, so now you're not even thinking my mom is beautiful. You don't think she is an angel from the grace of God? And he's like, just he's straight up putting smoke up his mother's ass. And I love it. Right. And he's he, he's completely dumbfounded by the fact that Taker's just fucking with him. Oh yeah. So now Taker goes, "Okay, look, you want me to make you famous, Bagwell? I'll make you famous. You, me, King of the Ring, and if I win." I get five minutes in the ring with your mother. Now, why would Taker ask for that? Because my guess is he'd think Buff Badwell would come running from the back. Sarah clobbers Badwell, says, you know what? I bet you I can beat you. Brings down her authority. Okay. And this is uh, the night after uh, King of the Ring we're going with? Yeah. Okay. So we'll go with four Raws and SmackDown. So that was the go home to King of the Ring. King of the Ring happens. Buff and Judy Bagwell come down to the ring. Per the stipulation that if Undertaker wins, he gets five minutes in the ring with Judy Bagwell. And Bagwell... um, Your call. We can either make this funny or we can make this serious. Bagwell wins or loses. Oh, I want Bagwell. Say that again? I want Bagwell to get obliterated. Okay, so. Can we at least let him have a good fight, or do you want him to just be squashed like DDP was at King of the Ring? I mean, we can let him get, like, a couple moves in, but Undertaker pops right back up. Okay, so, how about this? 
automatically goes for the blockbuster, hits it, Taker sits right up like dead man. Yep. Okay, there we go. That's his only offense. <laughs> we're, we're going to squash here, folks. Yeah, we're going to go with a pure and utter squash. So, Taker does the whole nine. Snake Eyes, old school. Fucking jumping clothesline. Um, distracts the ref so Sarah gets a good couple licks in. And Judy Bagwell's doing her damnedest to, like, screw with the referee. So that Buff can get a re- like a, a chance to come back. But nothing's happening because Bagwell's, like, pretty much a sack of potatoes to The Undertaker. And bless her heart. And bless her heart, because she's trying to flash the ref, and the ref is trying to distract her to, like, not do that, because nobody wants to see old titties on TV. Maybe that's how they're going to do the eye versus eye match. Oh, God. I'm just sorry. have a picture of Mae Young flashing people. Just, sorry. Uh, sorry for the segue, folks. It's just the opportunity there, and I took it. Oh, God, that's horrible. But, um... Great, now that image is now stuck in my head. Thank you, Steve. And, uh... No problem, it's stuck in my too. Oh, that's just nasty. Okay, so with that, Taker wins, blah, 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 blah. And now he gets five minutes with Judy Bagwell. Judy tries to run. Sarah catches her fat ass. Sarah tosses her fat ass into the ring. Now, we can do this again, serious, or extremely funny. Oh, extremely funny, please. You want to go extremely funny? Okay, let's go extremely funny. Judy Bagwell takes three choke slams. Ah. Uh, takes five tombstone pile drivers. And we'll give her three last rides in the ring, and then finish it off with the five second, or five minutes going up at just the right moment at the last ride through the announcer table. Bless her heart. So, yeah. We've either killed Judy Bagwell, given oh, her several heart attacks, <laughs> or, you know, she is just tough as the grace of God. Or she might like the pain. Or, yeah, she's a, sistica- a sassicus and she just loves the pain and she's getting hard off of it. We don't know. Um, I, I don't want to know either. <laughs> And that's neither here nor there. But, Sarah is now, has now handcuffed, by the time this is all done, Bagwell is cuffed around the ring post so that he can't save his mother and he has to watch this. And now, at the end of it all, you have the refs come and uncuff him, a crying, blubbering, sniveling mess of Buff Bagwell. And this is where it becomes really stupid. The fans flip on both Taker and Bagwell. Taker's now a heel because he went too far with Mrs. Bagwell. And Buff is now a face because, come on, the guy just had saw his mother took like the worst beating in WWE history. Like, he thought Undertaker beating Maven up was bad. This is worse. Yeah, like, times that by 10 and... Imagine, folks, 
Brock Lesnar and Zach Gowan. Times that by ten. Yeah, pretty much. Like, he's not even, like, helping her with the choke slams. Like, he's straight up lifting her ass up and slamming her down. Wait, like, the stiffest move. Well, he's stiffing the fuck out of Judy Bagwell because he can. Yeah, bless her heart, but... Okay, so with that all being said, now, the Monday after King of the Ring. Bagwell is now a sniveling, crying mess. And he's like, Taker! You've ruined my life! My mother is in three comas! She has 17 broken ribs! She can't feel her toes. She can feel the pinky. <laughs> and now I have to go see my father for Father's Day, and it's not going to be pretty. He doesn't cut toast the way I like it. So now... Now it's getting, now it's getting bad. And he's just, he's crying. You see snot running down his fucking nose and everything. And, cause this happened for real. Like, I'm gonna say that this, this was a shoot. Taker was so pissed off at Buff Bagwell, he took it out on his mother. Yeah. Let's, let's just shoot this. Like, he, he pretty much almost killed Judy Bagwell. For sheer entertainment, and now is the big one of the biggest heels of the company. On top of the two man power trip. Yeah, because they, they, the fans treated those guys like a bag of dicks. Yeah. So now with the invasion storyline, that makes Taker a heel, but now you still got to cheer him as a face. Because he's part WWF. You, you, he's not... Taker will never go WCW and ECW. That whole bullshit. But... Yeah. So now the night after Raw... Or the night after King of the Ring on Raw... Sarah is on the stage with Taker. With her big ass husband. Standing there with his arms crossed going like... <laughs> yeah. I killed your mom. <laughs> <laughs> And Sarah's like, Buff, you are such a sniveling, crying, whining little mess right now. I can even beat you right now. And Buff just like sobers up, like pretty much, and just goes, Yeah. I can beat a girl. So, ding, 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 matches on. And for no reason in particular, Kane shows up. It's wide eyed at this point. Right, like just before before the match like begins after the bell rings. And then you hear Kane's music and pyro and everything. Goes to the ring. Buff is like, okay, so it's now a three on one. And Taker distracts the referee. Kane's now in the ring. Big boots buff. Tombstones buff. Power bombs buff. 
bless his heart. And then Kane spreads Buff's legs and holds him down. And Sarah goes for the fourth and long. Uh, right okay. in Buff's crotch. Right into the bagwells. Yeah, right into the Judy and Buff bagwells. And kicks him square in the dick. Taker's still distracted. This is going on for about three, four minutes. And the ref is still distracted by Taker. This must be a new referee. No, there's going to be no new referee or anything. Kane just keeps on spreading Buff's legs and letting Sarah kick him in the testicles. (laughs) This is going on for about three minutes. Oh, his bagwells are blue. Oh, yeah. So Bagwell's talking like a preschool girl. Like he wasn't already because of all the boys. I mean, as uh, as his rigorous gym routine. Yeah. Well, I think Bagwell did have a regular. Okay, so before he became a fucking wrestler, he was a male stripper. Good for him. So that physique didn't come lightly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can see him. Trade, but yeah. uh. Yeah, so, and then Sarah just pins him like The Undertaker, one, two, three, in the worst taker position ever. Yeah. And now, Buff is written off TV. Thank goodness. And that's it. You don't see Buff, the rest of the Invasion storyline, he'll come back after WrestleMania 18... Or if ever. <laughs> right. And there you go. That's how I would rebook the Stalker storyline worse. Dead shorter. Thank goodness. Yeah, it lasted a whole month. We did eight eight uh, episodes of wrestling in 20 minutes. It's not hard to book. You can book horribly all the fucking time. WWE does it for a living. Yeah! Hey <laughs> Right. Easy jab. It was there. And take it. You Mayweathered that bitch. <laughs> hey Oh god. So next week Okay Steve, we'll uh we'll we'll make it a choice. We'll make it a multiple choice here. You get three choices. And you can pick. We can redo Let's redo the Kane Lita storyline. Okay. And I can make that ten times worse. Yeah, because I want to have a different person other than Snitsky, possibly. Oh, I'd I'd have the whole thing different. It wouldn't be Kane and Lita, it'd be it'd be somebody fucked up. Right. <coughs> um let's see here. We can We can redo. Uh, what other what other bad storylines are there? Oh, we can redo the Claire Lynch storyline from TNA. I don't. I'm not familiar with that one. Oh, I'll let you be up to date on that one. 
Ananda's always the possible Punjabi prison match or the Kennel from Hell match. I don't want to redo matches. I want to redo angles. Angles. Okay, let me see. Let me think of an angle. Oh, okay. So there you go. Redo the pepper angle between Bossman and El Snow. Yeah. Um, out of those choices, um, see, I'm not familiar with number two. It would not take it would not take long for me to summar, summarize it right now. Uh, what's the summary so I can make a better decision between one and two? Okay. Christopher Daniels and Kaz are heels against AJ Styles. Okay. They find a secret woman between, or they think that Chris, Dixie Carter and AJ Styles are having an affair. Okay. Come to find out they're just helping an ex-druggie, Claire Lynch, with her rehab. Then Daniels and Kaz convince Claire Lynch that she had a one-night stand with AJ Styles and that she's pregnant with AJ's baby. Oh, let's go with this one. Here's a kicker. The actress... This is, this is what happened in real life. The actress who played Claire Lynch did not like the negative attention she was receiving on her actual Twitter and her actual social media pages. Oh. So she just fucking up and quit. Oh. Yeah, let's go with this one. Okay. I, I, I think I can have some fun with this one. Um, one of these days I'll come over and we can, I'll let you, I'll, we'll see if I can't find anything to watch wise for that angle. Oh, I can look some stuff up on YouTube as well. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's a horrible storyline. And this was during a time where Dave Meltzer ranked TNA in 2011, one of the best pro wrestling shows to watch. But then again, this is Uncle Dave Meltzer we're talking about, who... That don't I, I could trust them as far as I could throw them. Right. But you have to think that in 2011, or was it 2010? I think it was I, 2010. I, I, I honestly don't know. No, it was 2011. It was it was after... No, 2010? Oh, it doesn't matter. It's one of those years. It was a horrible year for WWE because that was WrestleMania 26 and 7, I do believe. Yeah, those two years sucked. But, yeah, so, Steve picked it, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to go with the Claire Lynch rebook here on the podcast next week, on top of doing predictions for Extreme Rules, which I just remembered. So, we're going to, instead of doing news next week, we're going to do the predictions for Extreme Rules, and then after that, we're going to do the rebooking of Claire Lynch. And with that, before we leave, we're going to play F. Mary Kill. And this week we're going to pick TNA Superstars because we're going to do it next week. Um, Let's see who you'd pick out of the hot women. Let's go with Velvet Sky, Angelina Love, and Madison Rain, the three beautiful people. Okay, Madison Rain and Kill. Wow. That, that Vel- was quick. Velvet Sky, fuck. And Angelina Love, because I actually know her, I'd marry. Wait, you actually know Angelina Love? Back when my dad wrestled at a local independent organization called OSPW, I, we had got to the venue, and 
the person next to us that opened up her car door was Angel Williams, also known as Angelina Love. And I got to know her a bit from OSPW, and the person I met opening the door, I remember she was sitting right to the right with Beth Phoenix eating a salad. Nice. Before she became famous. So I do know Angelina Love a bit, and I do know Beth Phoenix a little bit. Nice. That's that's actually pretty cool. So, yeah. I also know Brody Lee, but that's another thing. Yeah. So my question is, why kill Medicine Rain right off the bat? I don't know. I, I, I Mostly because I already know Angelina Love, and I really like Velvet Sky's ass. That's enough reasoning for me. Okay, so with that. <laughs> okay, so you guys have a good night, good week, good day whenever you listen to the podcast. Thank you for keep on listening. We're almost to 100 listens over all the podcasts. Um, please keep on sharing. Please, please keep on listening. Keep on streaming. Do whatever you can to please help the podcast go farther. And we do this for free for you guys. So, you know, all the love and attention is great. Yeah. Uh, so we will talk to you guys next week on the podcast. Peace.